This week on the show, my guests are Alan and Catherine Knowles. We talk about how they became an award-winning specialist financial advisor firm by using zombies, gnomes and advent calendars to create some quirky marketing campaigns. Welcome to episode 145 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plug me and my guests into your earphones. As always, I'm Roger. I'm a marketing guy from Edinburgh, and I help people like you keep your marketing strategy simple and the BS at bay. This week, it's a bit of a special episode. My interview with Alan and Catherine Knowles was originally a live video broadcast that we did a couple of weeks ago using the Zoom video broadcasting channel. And it was a bit of a celebration of some of the successes that Alan and Catherine have had recently marketing their business, Cura Financial Services, using some really quite quirky marketing campaigns. They've been using zombies from The Walking Dead. They did a pastiche on Game of Thrones. They called it Game of Gnomes. And last year, in the run-up to Christmas, they did a very quirky video advent calendar campaign. And these quirky marketing campaigns have been very successful in engaging with their customers and bringing business into their specialist financial advisor firm. So we did this live video broadcast to effectively tell the story to the market. And we got a lot of people watching that live video broadcast. So I thought it'd be really good to put the audio out as an interview on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. And we're going to chat about how Alan and Catherine developed a niche focusing on people who find it difficult to get protection insurance, dealing with clients individually and taking referrals from other financial advisors, how Catherine comes up with the ideas for the marketing campaigns based on popular cultural icons, trying to make boring insurance a little more engaging and more about planning, and why content rather than in-your-face promotion leads to better engagement with customers. Alan and Catherine run Cura Financial Services Limited, which is the holding company for the Special Risks Bureau. Based in North Yorkshire, they won Best Protection Intermediary at the Money Marketing Awards in June 2017, and more recently at the Cover Magazine Awards 2017 in October. They were highly commended in the Best Promotion by an Intermediary category and won Best Specialist Intermediary. So let's get straight into that interview with Alan and Catherine right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the first live video show from Cura Financial Services. And I'm Roger Edwards. I'm here just today to facilitate and to press the buttons and to twiddle the knobs and to make sure that everything stays on the screen. The good news is I'm not going to be doing much of the talking. I'm just going to be asking Alan and Catherine some questions about their quirky marketing campaigns and the success they've had over the last year or two putting out marketing campaigns using characters from The Walking Dead, using characters from Game of Thrones, but transposing them into gnomes, and using those campaigns to promote protection insurance. So let's get into this. 
Alan and Catherine. I want you just to tell us a little bit about how you came to start Cura. And also you, 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 you have a sub-brand, which is Special Risks Bureau. So how did it all start? Well, um, we all worked um, under a different company at first, didn't we? Under a different principal. And he decided he was going to retire. We we're all in the insurance services and still doing the insurance brokerage, doing what we do now. And he decided he was going to retire. So it was a case of, do we all become redundant or start up our own business? So we decided to start the business, take on all the employees and just carrying on because it was a good basis for a company. But we knew that we could do better with this. We'd, we directed it as much as we could under the other person, but we knew that we could obviously make it even better. Absolutely. We, um, we chose the name Cura and changed away from the, uh, from the old company. Cura, for anybody who doesn't know, is Latin for care and concern, which is why we chose the name. We wanted something just a little bit different, something that had a little bit of meaning behind it. And we've built and developed on that from there. Yeah. I never knew that was where your name came from. You see, I learned something every day as well. And, and you guys special, specialize in what you call quirky lives. And I guess the rest of the industry calls quirky lives impaired lives. Now, in, in fairness, I've always had a bit of a problem with the term impaired lives. It, it just sounds a bit grim, doesn't it? So I like the way that you've tried to reinvent that term and make it into something different. But have you seen an advantage to your business in focusing on a niche like quirky lives? Definitely. I mean, one of the things is that it just, we didn't go out of our way to go for what we call the quirky lives. It was just a natural progression in the business. And we kept finding that we were getting inquiries from people who were constantly coming to us saying, we just cannot get cover anywhere. I've had this, I've had that. And it, it just became, it, it was just a very natural progression of the company. We just started to say, you know what, there are so many people here, actually. We didn't specifically market to people who'd had previous health conditions or high-risk work or anything, or specifically to people who had what we consider completely normal lives. And it just, that was just how it, it sort of progressed. And we thought, you know what, we should start helping people more. Because, I mean, for myself, I have about five million different illnesses anyway, so I'd be considered an impaired life. And I don't like it, but I don't mind being called quirky, which is where we probably came from with that. So it was nice to think that we were actually helping people who who were really struggling. And I, th I think half the battle, you know, is that so many, well, I mean, we always talk at all the, the, the conferences about how underinsured the country is and how many people don't have protection. But actually, there are a lot of people who want protection who feel that they can't get it, who apply, who are knocked back, who are declined. So doing our bit, having that niche really does, does help. And it's amazing how many of those people actually can be placed cover when you look in the right areas. It just, it takes a lot more time, which I think is where sometimes it, it sort of falls off, especially if people are looking at mortgages and lots of other business at the same time. And it's quite interesting because in your social media activity, especially the stuff that Catherine does, you're often sending out tweets that say, if you're a, a deep sea diver, what sort of insurance terms might you get? Or if you hike up the Amazon River or, you know, you, you're actually looking for quite like quirky uh, examples. And I think it's actually quite refreshing because you're right, people probably think, Oh, I have a hazardous occupation or I have a dangerous hobby. I'm never going to be able to get insurance. But what your guys are doing is you're putting out quite a lot of content which says, no, no, you can get cover. It's just that you've got to know what you're doing. And, and we are specializing in that and we can help you. 
Yeah, well, we have a lot of experience and we've got a lot of contacts who can help us get this cover for people. Um, I say, it's also, it's not very nice, even if people have been turned away, that's one thing being turned away is bad enough, but also to be, to go somewhere and to be told, you know what, you're an impaired life. That's kind of a smack in the face for a lot of people as well. It's, it's not nice to have that said to you. And, and I think, you know, we've got a very specific way of how we speak to, to people as well in the sense of you have to be so sympathetic to circumstances and um, I'm not sure they necessarily that necessarily they have that experience all the time. And and people appreciate it when you when you know their condition. When you've obviously spoke to someone with that condition before, and you know you get somebody ringing and they say, well, they've got Barrett's esophagus, and you can say to them, well, do you know roughly how much of your esophagus is affected by it? Has there been any dysplasia? Now they'll know exactly what you mean by that because they've got the condition, but they'll go wow, I can't believe you've asked me that. Nobody ever asks me that. But actually, it's the relevant information. So so we learn a lot with it as well yeah. just by speaking to these people. I think when you work in an industry all the time, you tend to become immune to the, the language that we use. And I agree with you that I wouldn't want somebody to say, oh, Roger, you're an impaired life. We're going to charge you more money. And, and I think that uh, maybe people won't like being called quirky lives either, but quirky to me, like you've said, sounds a little bit less, I don't know, insulting than impaired lives. And of course, not only are you offering this specialist service to your own customers, you're also offering this service to other financial advisors, aren't you? So if a financial advisor has a quirky life, a deep sea diver or somebody who tricks up the Amazon, then you're going to offer to help them out as well, aren't you? Yeah, so we've got our referral brochure as well, which we've just started launching, but you know obviously much more yeah. <laughs> So the referral brochure is on the website, um, but to be honest, we just encourage other brokers, and, and I think some of the people listening in possibly have used the service as well, um, but we encourage people, whether in a network, directly authorised, just to pick up the phone and give them a call if they're stuck with a case. Obviously, you try it yourself first. You exhaust your own options. You know, I, we'd expect somebody's probably pre-sailed or ran insurance already. But if you're sort of hitting that brick wall and you're stuck, then to get in touch and just have a conversation with us. Um, it's not like some of the other sort of, I guess you could call them sort of pseudo brokers who maybe work in the Lloyd's market and, you know, you request a quote, it takes five days and then they ask for more information. The way we would work is people ring us, we have a talk with the advisor, and by the end of that conversation, we can usually give them a good idea whether it's something that we can look at or not. Um, it's totally transparent, totally open. And then we, we usually have a bit of backwards and forwards with the advisors before ever approaching the client. And it's it's worked really well for everyone involved. I think what's nice as well is that there's been quite a few times where people have contacted us and we've turned around and it's potentially something that's actually quite easy and quite simple and it's just that they've maybe missed or overlooked something in the insurers that they can speak to and we just tell them go you know what just just go there speak to that person you'll be fine you can do it all yourself you know rather than sort of saying oh yeah we'll take it from you and go through all the process and the administrative side of things of setting the introducer agreements we will be fair and say look this is quite a simple one just do it yourself but then at the same point we have our people come in, ring us up and say sort of oh I've got someone with a heart attack who's done this 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 and this who should I go to and we go hang on a minute that's oh, that's <laughs> a little bit cheeky um, let's uh, let's have to chat a bit more about that <laughs> Adrian's on the call at the moment from the Exeter and um, we actually had a broker who rang us up and um, asked about some, um, some some key person cover and um, 
it was a BMI case and actually we ended up just saying, well, actually this is for you, it's for your company. Um, have a chat with Adrian at the Exeter and we put them onto the Manage Life product. You know, it, it would have been unfair for us to take something that was like that. So, so it works really well and we're, we're happy to do that as well. And of course, it's been a really successful year for you in terms of marketing your business. And earlier in the year, you won the Money Marketing Award for the best protection intermediary. Um, I was delighted to be actually at the Money Marketing Awards ceremony to pick up that award on your behalf because, um, Catherine, you were um, just about to give birth to your latest child, I think, at the time. And the judges said that the reason that you won was because you are a relatively small brokerage, absolutely punching above your weight, and they loved the quirkiness of your marketing. Now, of course, your marketing campaigns over the last few years have involved uh, a sort of pastiche of the walking dead. You've used zombies to sell life insurance. You did a really interesting advent calendar last Christmas where every single day Catherine appeared in a a minute to a minute and a half video and most recently you have done a game of gnomes campaign and again that was coincided so that that launched the day after the season finale of game of thrones quite uh, yeah. quite nicely to um popular culture there so what was the what was the trigger guys that that made you start to do this to start to think about marketing your business using these quite interesting marketing angles well, really, I think anybody who knows us as well is is pretty much it's me and my weird head and how I see things, basically. And for every one of these campaigns, there's been quite a few months of me going to him, I want to do this. And I'm going, no. And we saying, I want to do this. And I'm going, no. <laughs> and I just keep nagging him until he lets me do it. Um, but it was just one of these things where Alan was chatting about Walking Dead. And I've heard him with someone about Walking Dead for so many years now. And then everyone in the office was going on about it. And I'm going, no, 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 no. And I just suddenly thought, well, why not? You know, there's a lot of death in that. And we talk about death all the time in the insurance industry. And why not try and make it a little bit more lighthearted and try, you know, we're always saying there's a massive protection gap. So many people not getting insurance. How can we engage them? And there's millions of people watching these shows. And why not try and see if this could be a way to engage them? I'm not, I wasn't expecting any kind of miracles and floods in of like, you know, millions and millions of people to start sitting and inquiring with us about different uh, products. But I thought, well, why not? Just sort of try and give something that imaged interest a few more people than, than not. And I think the other aspect of it was, uh, and it's something we'd spoken about in the past, is, is the idea of content marketing. So it's trying to use something that's unrelated to your business to promote your own services, which, yeah, you know, it is engaging people, it is getting out there, but it's also helping us promote our brand and our services via something that's a little bit more exciting than life insurance. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that linking what we do to popular culture is a massive opportunity that a lot of people in the life insurance financial services industry just forget. I always remember, I can't remember how long ago this is now, but in Coronation Street, Alf Roberts was a very prominent character and he died in the show and he died on New Year's Eve and there was a little bit of controversy in the program about whether he died before midnight or just after midnight and it was important because in the actual show he claimed or his wife Audrey Roberts claimed on a life insurance policy and in the show they turned the life insurance policy down because they said well the policy ran out on 
at the end of um, that year and he died one minute into the next day and therefore they turned it down. I went running into my manager at the time and say, we've got to put out a press release. I was working for Scottish Provident at the time. We've got to put out a press release and say, we wouldn't have done this. We would have paid Alf's claim. And the market manager looked at me and he says, oh, Roger, go away. Don't be so stupid. And I'm sitting there thinking, look, 17 million people watched this episode last night. Yeah, people, that many people used to watch TV. 17 million people watched this yeah. program. And now 17 million people think life insurance companies are going to turn down claims over such a technicality. And that was when I started yeah. thinking you need to start re- reminding yourself that you know, people sometimes think these characters in these soaps are real. So why not use it yeah. as an opportunity to promote your brand? Definitely. But I think one thing that we forget about sometimes as well is that, because obviously you say we've become a bit immune to it because we are in the industry, is that we're not just asking people to sort of think about the chance that they may die young or they may get cancer. We're actually getting people to plan mm. for them dying. We're getting people to plan for them being seriously ill it's depressing. It's not something that people want to talk about. And, and unless somebody actually has a real reason and thinks, you know, right, I need this, you know, you're not going to really want to, people aren't going to want to engage, you know, it's to say it's boring. It's dull. So anything we can do to try and address that can only be a good thing. And how do you come up with your ideas then guys? Well, <laughs> a lot of the time, um, yes, it's 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 me. Um, so with the Walking Dead, as I said, they've been going on about Walking Dead, and I thought, you know, let's do that. And at the time, infographics were were the major thing. Um, whereas I think they're a bit now. I, I kind of feel like infographics have had the day a bit now. Um, the insurance advent calendar that was just something I literally thought of one night, and Alan's just like, no, not a chance. I am not doing videos. I am not doing twenty four videos. And we did a test, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Of us both, and. Um, I was pretty much told, let Catherine do it. <laughs> the office voted for Alan not to do it. So I have to say, I, I battled through my morning sickness and did all the, all the videos. I'm going to keep having to keep digging that in for that. Um, and, um, and obviously, it just it worked quite well. You know, with the, the videos we had, and I haven't got started the latest, latest amount, but the last time I checked, we'd had over 6,500 views of those videos, which was just fantastic. You know, it's, and it, it does work. It, it's... I'm trying to think about the words. Yeah. It's working. We, we'd also had what was really nice. I mean, I would actually say that the Advent Calendar has probably been our most successful campaign, even though the other two have probably been slightly quirkier in a sense and, and obviously using the pop culture. The, the Advent Calendar was, was brilliant. And we actually had people ringing us after they'd watched some of the YouTube videos and saying, um, I've just found this, I've just come across this. I've actually got this condition or I'm, you know, and we had a couple with, with cancer and so yeah. And they were actually saying I've seen Catherine doing this and uh, then people coming up with the spot the oddities and saying stuff and yeah well that was our, our sales manager as well then because you were saying whether they come from our sales manager came for the spot the oddity mm-hmm. um, campaign um, James came with that and we just thought that was such a fantastic thing so even though I maybe start it off it then progresses and rolls and rolls and people get involved and uh, and um, it becomes a joint effort with us all I think as well it's quite easy to dismiss 6,000 views, if you compare yourself to somebody like Casey Neistat or something like that, who's getting millions and millions of views on YouTube. But the reality is for the financial services industry in the United Kingdom, which is a niche of a niche of a niche, isn't it? 6,000 is is a really big achievement. You know, you would be delighted 
if you were stood in front of 6,000 people in an auditorium talking about your business. So what you've done, you've reached a lot of people and hopefully those people that you've reached will be sitting there like you said, oh, I've maybe got this condition or I need to think about life insurance or I need to think about critical illness cover. And, you know, it's a remarkable achievement. And again, the other thing, of course, is that you don't need a BBC outside broadcast unit to produce good stuff these days. I mean, I think what you guys did is... iPhone and tripod, absolutely right. You know, the iPhone, the most up-to-date iPhones now, in fact, even the 6 the six and the 6S, can take 1080p HD video, which is actually better than broadcast quality BBC. So you can put together really good quality content on your iPhone and get it out there for people to see. And I think we should, we should say we should have done a blooper reel, though, of me with the insurance having pounds, <laughs> because the amount of times it went wrong, and eventually it was getting a little bit, so I like mind the language a little bit, as I was getting a bit ticked off with it all. Of course, the thing was, is that if you did that, the blooper reel would probably have got 12,000 views, but... Probably, yeah, probably, I should have done it, but I just didn't think. <laughs> what was nice about the advent calendar as well is all of the videos contributed then towards guides on the website so the content was almost doubly useful wasn't it yes and it went over all the social media and everything Mm. but also with after the walking dead we we did the podcast with yourself and um and with martin bamford as well and i think with the video and obviously doing the podcast as well it's giving a personal side of things i actually had um specifically one client um, when I was chatting to him, we got to the part with, with, um, with the application where we had to do um, the, the payment details. And I said to him, are you happy to give me the payment details? He was like, yeah, I, because I did a search about you and I found this podcast and I heard you on there and you were chatting away to somebody about you know being in financial services, so I know that you're a legitimate person. And that was really nice, actually, because it was obviously he'd recognised my voice and he'd obviously gone out of his way as well to find out about me and, um, and to make sure that I was <laughs> so legitimate. Um, so there's just so many different avenues that these different marketing things can, can help in as well. And of course, the l- most recent campaign you did was Game of Gnomes, launched the day after the season finale of Game of Thrones. How's that one gone down? It's gone down really well. It's probably, in our fairness, it's probably not done as, as well as we'd expected. We thought they would have had a lot of attention with it being Game of Thrones, but we've had um, over a thousand people um, complete it. Which again, like you say, if you're in a room full of a thousand people and you got all of their attention, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but again, it's made us sort of for a little bit. It's made us kind of the talk of the industry again. I think for a while, you know, the insurance companies have all been contacting us saying, "Oh, you've done this. This is fantastic. I love Game of Thrones." And we've had quite a lot of people, just general public as well, get involved. So, so that's it's nice. And it led to, well, Game of Thrones itself probably didn't um, influence the um, Money Marketing Award, but the Walking Dead and the Advent Calendar certainly did. How did it feel to win that Intermediary Protection Award at Money Marketing this year? It was really really (laughs) shocking. I think think my two was like, ah! You know, it was just... It was amazing because, I mean, not sort of, like, sort of like to keep saying about the whole thing that we're a small intermediary or anything, but we are a small intermediary. We're out there against some really huge firms with lots and lots of employees, sort of probably a lot more resources than ourselves in prominent positions in London and other big cities. And here we are inside the back end of nowhere in North Yorkshire, just a small team. And, and it was really lovely to get that recognition as well because we are good at what we do and we do care about the people that we do the cover for and for to have one of the big obviously one of the biggest sort of like award ceremonies to be recognized there it was really 
it just felt like a, a really good, we were, we were really chuffed. <laughs> I love that word, chuffed. And what advice would you give to other financial services firms, perhaps other businesses out there, same, same or similar size to yourselves, who haven't got massive marketing budgets and haven't got BBC out, outdoor broadcasting units? What, what would you advise them to do about their own marketing and based upon the experiences you've had over the last 18 months? Well, well, firstly, don't do what I'm doing because I don't want the competition. So <laughs> that'll be my first thing. Um, but just don't be afraid. You know, have take your time, think about things. But if you suddenly have a really random idea, write it down and chat it out with someone. You know, one of your colleagues or something. Like you say, you don't need anything special. I used an iPhone and a tripod, did 24 videos, and it's been our most successful marketing campaign so far. And um, with the other side of things, you know, we've not brought in marketing strategy teams or whatever. It's not cost us thousands upon thousands to do these different things. You know, we've literally got a graphic designer to do the infographic or to design the gnomes for us. And that's the only kind of external input that we've had. So it's, it's not been massively expensive at all. And I think if you just get the support, you know, from your employees as well and friends and family, you know, get them all sort of sharing everything social media wise for you and, um, and getting stuff out there and telling everyone, and that's how you'll you'll start to get known. But obviously, the big thing for us has been the awards as well, hasn't it? Now, since we started entering the awards, that's where we've really seemed to sort of get the attention, and and obviously finding someone such as yourself, Roger, who will um, who sort of like happy to chat away to us. <laughs> I think uh, the, um, the the other thing as well is sort of taking a little bit of time, and and you know, social media is such a big thing now. Twitter, Facebook, you know, even LinkedIn, depending on your your clients you're trying to attract. And maybe just take a week or two yourself and think, what do I actually engage in? What do I click on? Now, I see life insurance adverts on Facebook and it is protect your family, you know, today or, you know, have you got life insurance? And I ignore it. Fine, I'm in the industry, but I think I would ignore it regardless. And I typically try to avoid things that look like they're trying to sell me something. And that's part, again, the reason why we did what we did was thinking, well, actually, can we do something that doesn't, we're not directly selling something. There's no link to a quote page or anything like that. It's generally coming up with something that hopefully people find interesting and share. And, you know, having a, you know, a week or two just looking at what you do online and, you know, sort of analyzing your, your own habits and then think, well, is there a way that I can use that to, promote my own business this reminds me actually of something you mentioned before and um, i've been in contact with that andrew and pete the content marketers and they'd had a look at the game of nose and absolutely loved it and they said oh brilliant and they went to the guide you know at the bottom where they said oh let's have a look at the guide and they said they went to it and they immediately went because oh. they went straight to a page full of texts you know all to do with life insurance and everything and they said it was just really boring and it comes down to that whole thing as well that, that is so difficult in this industry because no matter what, we always seem to come across as if we're trying to sell something. Even if we're just trying to do something fun, you know, it's instinctively we're trying to sell something that no one could ever possibly claim on. And no matter what, we're so heavily regulated as well that you need to have at least a certain amount of text on the web page because you need to cover all your bases. So it's a very, very difficult balance at the moment. Reminded me of um, what Reese Williams uh, from Quiet Room said at the protection review this year, and he said IT companies are literally taking the, the mic, mic out <laughs> of um, insurance companies and, and brokers because all we do is we write walls and walls of text saying this is what life insurance is and this is when it will pay and when it won't pay, whereas they're saying 
you know, were they just doing something flash and that, that is engaging people and gets them straight to the point of what they want to do. So, and that's something we've taken from this, isn't it? That yeah. actually we've done this really good campaign, but we probably needed to develop that next step of what happens when somebody goes to the guide because they don't want to just be hit with a wall of text. Still being turned off because it's... Exactly. It's bomb. So hopefully you won't do that next time. And is there any is there any extra help that you could do with, or you think that the product provider should give you? And I know there is a few product providers listening to this. So, what would you what would your plea to the provider industry be, guys? Do you know? I think I would put my my, my special risks hat on for this one and say sort of almost a, a bit of a repeat of what I said earlier. You know, there's so many. We're, we're always trying to get new customers, always trying to engage new people into to buying life insurance but actually every single insurance company have clients that they turn down. So we have clients and, and individuals and I suppose let's not even call them clients. You know, these are, these are people, these are human beings who are already sold on the idea of protecting the family and know that they want to protect themselves and the family, but actually they are getting turned down. And I think for, for me, part of the reason um, or part of the problem, and, and this is something that I think insurers will need to address more and more in the future, is that it is still very much a case of, well, I don't like the sounds of that condition. That doesn't sound quite, oh, no, I'm not really sure about that. And you're automatically looking for a reason why not to insure somebody. And I think that needs to be turned on its head. And I think we need to be saying, not why can't we insure you, but how can we insure you? Um, and saying you are a human, you are interested in insurance, you understand that you need it, um, we want you to pay a premium, we want to insure you, how do we do that and how do we make that work? And whether that's exclusions, whether that's temporary premium loadings, you know, ultimately a decline helps nobody. What, what's, the next, what's the next campaign going to be? Is it going to be... Oh, I, can't say that. I, have, I've already, I have thought of one. And I'm not sure if Alan's saying it is just a bit too too risky. Yeah. What I would <laughs> say is I have said no to an insurance wrap. Yes, so, he did say. So, so that's definitely... <laughs> I wrote it all out and everything, and he just won't go for it. So... <laughs> um, can you record the insurance wrap anyway, Catherine, and share it amongst the fr- yeah. friends? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it and just not, not let him know. I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a social media account, so we won't know I'm doing it. No, okay. I think it's definitely more video, it's carrying definitely, um, down the video um, messaging type side of things. I think that'll definitely be something that we carry on doing. Well, I'll carry on doing. Definitely, yeah. As I say, the advent calendar was was absolutely brilliant. Um, and actually, do you know what was really good actually about the advent calendar is people were commenting on it, you know, just, just people that we knew through Facebook and all right, you bump into them and just friends that you wouldn't expect to, you know, you sort of, you're linked with people and they'd say, do you know what? I've been watching those and I've watched every single one and it's been really, really good. And they liked that it was short and sweet yeah. and got to the point. So, yeah. so thanks for tuning in everybody. This will be available as a replay on the Cura website in the next few days. And when it does come up can i can i ask everybody to do as a favor and to tweet it out once the link goes up because i'd really like as many people as possible to see this video i think um, Catherine and alan have got some great ideas and i just love the story behind how they've come up with their their quirky marketing campaigns so thanks for tuning in everybody and alan and Catherine, thank you for doing your first live tv show thank you <laughs> bye
Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.